Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 58 of Preston Jensen's podcast. I'm your host, Preston. Uh, happy 4th of July. Uh, this will be the last podcast released before the 4th of July. So I want to wish everyone an early happy 4th of July. I hope you have a fun-filled weekend, uh, and I hope you're safe. Um, today, I want to talk about a little bit about what I've been doing the past couple weeks. Um, sorry about that. As I start the intro, my uh, air conditioner kicks in. No matter how long you do this podcasting stuff, um, there's always something that comes up during the podcast. And this is just a friendly reminder that no matter how dialed in you get, tonight my whole episode is talking about how I'm streamlining my process. And just when you think you've got it, something comes up. I know uh, when I start a podcast, I have a lot of checks that I go through and I make sure um, I've got a dehumidifier. I turn that off. Usually I turn off the air conditioner or furnace tonight. I obviously forgot that check. Um, I make sure the computer's running. I make sure the camera's running. I make sure I push record on the Rodecaster Pro. I make sure I push record on Ecamm Live. So there's a lot of things that are going through my mind. Uh, another thing, I get up all my show notes. I get up uh, the computer, uh, th the different things that I need to have running for the show. And no matter <laughs> how dialed in you think you've got it, you never do. Um, another thing that adds different layers is, is your guest uh, connected to the internet? And is that all working with your setup? Um, is your mouth aligned with the audio? All these little things. And a lot of times, unfortunately, when you're recording the podcast, you think everything is going good. You think you're recording on Ecamm. You think you're recording on the Roadcaster Pro, and sometimes that's not the case. Um, one of the biggest embarrassments I've had on my podcast is I luckily had one of my good friends, Jacob Olson, on the show. Um, we were talking uh, quite a bit about an intro to a podcast, and everything was just rolling well, and I looked down and, oh, no, we're like 15 minutes in, and I forgot to push record on the Roadcaster Pro. Now, if it would have been another guest, I would have been even more embarrassed. Luckily, this was one of my good friends, so I was able to explain. And uh, uh, he was a very good sport about the whole situation. So as a podcaster, you got to be able to think on your toes. Another thing that happened to me is I was in the middle of an interview with a guest, who was remote, very far away from my location, and their internet kept cutting out. And one of the toughest things to do for me, I guess, I didn't even know this was hard for me until I had that come up, was, oh, what were we talking about again? Where did we leave off? I don't know exactly where uh, the cut was. So the best thing to do was make the most of the situation, and we had to go back uh, try and talk about what we were talking about before, and then you're able to splice all that stuff in and make it all smooth in post. Now, hopefully you guys can look back at the episodes, take a look and see that uh, you probably didn't notice when that error happened with the internet cutting in and out, but 
It's something I noticed, and it definitely took me a lot more time in post. So as a podcaster, if you're starting a podcast, if you're new to YouTube or any of this technology, something is always going to go wrong. And no matter how prepared you are, it's such a good lesson to learn that you just got to make the most of it. And for the most part, I feel like uh, other content creators, um, they know what you're going through. So if you have a hiccup in your video production or your podcast, people are very lenient on what they hear or what they see. And they know that, oh man, this is a tough situation to be in. And they just want to see you react in a way uh, that's professional. So whenever something happens, just try and make the most of it. I know that was a long intro that I wasn't even planning to go talk about uh, on this show. Uh, what I really wanted to talk about is a couple episodes back, I talked about the Elgato Stream Deck. Um, and that's one of the purchases I had during Amazon Prime Day. And I had no idea how much I was going to love this thing. Um, I just set it up for the first time. I've probably spent uh, 15 to 20 minutes setting it up. And before I set it up, I watched uh, probably hundreds of videos on how to get the most out of the Elgato Stream Deck. Now, the one I got is just the regular Stream Deck. I think it's one, two, three. One, two, three, four, Looks like 15 buttons that can be customized, but uh, you can do a whole lot more button customization because you can create folders, and for each folder, you get 15 extra buttons. So it's basically an endless amount of buttons you have customization over. And I don't know if there's a limit on how many folders you can have, with the Stream Deck, um, but uh, it looks like a lot so far from what I've been looking through. And I am so impressed at how this thing integrates with programs that I already have. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about my initial setup. Uh, right away, I plugged in the Stream Deck. Uh, the first thing you have to do, you got to go to elgato.com, uh, what is it, slash downloads. Yep, elgato.com slash gaming slash download. And uh, from there, it's a very easy website to navigate through. You pick uh, the product you've got, the hardware. I've got the regular Stream Deck, and I'm running it on a Mac. So you pick those two things. You download the correct software. And from there, you basically have endless customizability for creating macros on this pad. Um if you guys haven't seen a Stream Deck, go to that website, check it out. Um, the thing I was excited about, though, like I said, I watched hundreds of videos on this product, and I knew from those videos that this was going to really streamline my workflow. Um, not only for just little tiny tasks that you don't think, you know, typing in your website, um, uh, most of the time when I create a YouTube video and I'm creating the description, uh, one of the things I do is I go to my website, I copy-paste my link, I put that in the description, I put a little uh, description in the actual video that's basically the same on every single video. So those little things seem like they don't take much time. But over the long haul and over the year that I've been doing this uh, kind of video production, podcast production, 
those little tiny things add up. And I'm finding that um, as I move forward with my podcast, my YouTube channel, Instagram, social media accounts, that I want to streamline the process so I can have fun creating. And there's little to no resistance in having to create a video or uh, make the podcast itself. So most of the time when I'm doing these live streams on Ecamm, I've got to reach over with my mouse and I'm trying to click on, oh, is that the scene I want? Um, Is that the overlay I want? But now if I want to just say subscribe, I can just push a button and boom, there it is uh, right up on the screen. I can take that off. If I want to add uh, my end screen, boom, there it is. I can add that stuff right in. I can go back to my main view. Boom, there it is. Um, It's as easy as just pushing a button. And yes, the setup is... Um, a little bit of work, but that's another thing I was very impressed about with this stream deck is I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to make all these little hot keys so I can integrate it with Ecamm Live. Well, when I plugged it in and clicked into Ecamm Live, it said, would you like to download the Ecamm Live plugin for the stream deck? And to my surprise, I downloaded that and all sorts of functionality came through for Ecamm Live right onto my Uh, stream deck. So um, I've just been having a lot of fun this past 20 minutes just sitting here thinking about, oh my goodness, what other programs do I have that's just going to have a plug-in for this stream deck to make my life easier? Um, uh, For the video quality, um, it just seems to up your video production game when you've got overlays going. Uh, right now I've got a ticker thing going on my screen. Um, for those of you who don't know that uh, uh, I've got a YouTube channel, head on over to my YouTube channel and you can see some of the things that I'm talking about. I've got different overlays. I'm checking on and off with my Ecamm, or yeah, Stream Deck, not Ecamm Live, but Ecamm is another feature that has really saved me a lot of time because in the past, and I know I've talked about this a lot on other podcasts, but going into streamlining the production, um, when you have to take video, you've got to sync audio from the Rodecaster Pro. Um, That's a big burden. So Ecamm Live saved me there. Uh, I'm able to have overlays. So when I'm done with my podcast, my video side of things is just complete. Um, I learned a lot of stuff from one of my previous guests, Jared Spink, who has his own podcast, The Hive Podcast. If you haven't checked that out, uh, I'd strongly recommend going over to The Hive Podcast and listening to several great guests that he's had on. And uh, if you want to go back and listen to my interview of Jared, Um, that's where I got a lot of these tips on how to streamline my podcast production. Uh, I was really doing it the hard way in the past. I I guess I don't know if Jared uses a stream deck, but, uh, I know there's a lot of other, uh, hardware solutions out there, uh, other than just the stream deck. And, you know, a lot of the functions of the stream deck could be done on a regular computer using the function keys, but, It just seems like the Stream Deck, to me, 
is so much nicer just because it's visual. It's got little screens, so um, it's able to, and to my surprise, like my main view for this scene is me talking to the camera, the one you're seeing right now, and it's mirroring that on this little tiny button. And to me, that's amazing uh, because visually I'm able to look down and, oh, there's my main view. I'm going to push that. Um, if I want to share my screen, I can push that button and away we go. So I think you guys uh, get the concept of the stream deck, but I I strongly recommend you trying it if you haven't in the past. Um, I wish I um, would have got this episode out before Prime Day was over because I did get 8% off uh, the purchase of this stream deck. So... Um, I'm very happy with my Prime Day purchase. Um, it's been a lot of fun to just work with this Stream Deck and figure out all of the integration it's going to have. Um, I cannot wait to see where uh, the software goes on this. Uh, when I went to the website, it said this is a brand new software release, so I'm excited to see what other software they come out with for the Stream Deck in the future. I'm curious to see if anybody's done uh, stuff with the Stream Deck and the Roadcaster Pro. I guess I don't really know what you would do. Maybe you would use it for extra sound pads. Uh, on the Roadcaster Pro, uh, many of you know that there already is sound pads on the side. And I know one of the things that was an update for the Roadcaster Pro, or at least it was in the beta, was some functionality that would turn these sound pads into a type of macro pad like the Stream Deck. However, uh, the thing I don't like about that setup is that these sound pads just have colors, and that's great for when you're doing sounds. Um, the The Rodecaster Pro comes with a nice, uh, it's almost like a whiteboard material um, thing that... Uh, you can see your different, uh, you can just write what your sound effect is on that little whiteboard thing, and then you can see uh, easily what your sounds are. So if I want to laugh, I can have a laugh. I, if I want a bummer noise, I can have that. But the thing I like so much more about the Stream Deck than using the Rodecaster Pro for a macro pad is that it's got the little screens on it. So uh, if you're visual like me and you want to look down and, and see that, oh, I want to play my intro, I can click on the intro. It's got a picture of my intro. And the cool thing about this Stream Deck is if you don't have the picture that you want when you upload the button, you can actually customize that. So you can really put in whatever you want. I know on my main screen, I've got a picture of my logo that takes me directly to my website and uh, I thought that was kind of neat at how customizable this thing is. Um, that would be cool to have the features built into the Roadcaster Pro as well. It would be cool to have a setup that was just totally streamlined. But for me, having both pieces of hardware are, is making a, uh, it's making things easier for me. Um, boy, some of the other things I'm uh, thinking about for this stream deck, I've seen videos where people automate their lighting. And uh, I I think there's a website called If 
I, I forget the name of it, but essentially it's, uh, it's an app that you get that if you push this hotkey, shut off these lights. And in order to make something like that work, I think you'd have to have Wi-Fi enabled smart plugs that you'd have to plug into your uh, outlets. So that could get a little expensive. For me at this time, I only have a few different lighting setups. Uh, I've got a couple lights off in the distance. I've got some backlighting and whatnot. But for me, it's easy enough to just flick on the switches. In the future, maybe it would be cool to uh, have that all automated so I could sit down. I could launch Ecamm Live. I could launch um, my lighting setup. So I could sit down and basically run my whole system off this stream deck. Um, I know some people have gone to the extremes customizing their stream deck. And it's amazing what people have come up with, uh, what you can run using this piece of hardware. They, uh, the stream deck also comes in a couple different configurations. I think there's a stream deck mini and a stream deck XL. Uh, both of those are very cool. Uh, this just seemed to be the perfect size for me. I don't need many more buttons than 15. Uh, Stream Deck XL is uh, about double or a little over double the size. And the Stream Deck Mini, it might be three to six buttons. I can't remember right offhand, but they're very cool pieces of technology. I do have other Elgato products. I have the Elgato... Uh, 4K capture card, and that allows me to use my Sony a6400 with the Sigma 16 millimeter lens for a webcam. Uh, another thing that I use for my webcam setup is a dumb, dummy battery for my Sony a6400. So when I'm doing long interviews and when I'm doing podcasts like this where it's just me talking to the camera, I don't have to worry about my camera overheating or my camera running out of it, uh, battery. Uh, when I first started, I did not have a dummy battery. So the batteries that come with the Sony a6400, uh, when I'm filming in 4K, sometimes only last about half an hour. And uh, another thing I noticed was that I did have issues with the Sony a6400 overheating uh, using just a regular battery. And then when I got the dummy battery, I had the same issue where the camera was overheating. Um, if you want to know the fix for that, I've got a video released on, on how to go into your settings. So you can basically have unlimited recording uh, as long as you have enough space on uh, your memory card on your Sony a6400. So head over to my YouTube channel for that if you want to find th that fix. Um, I also have a couple other videos on there. Uh, one of them is how to enable uh, face auto detect and make sure that it's detecting your face. Uh, there's a setting in there that may make it so your face detection is actually turned off when you have all the settings correctly set. So head on over to my YouTube page for that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, episode 58 already. Man, uh, time flies when you're having fun. I can't believe uh, way back when I started this podcast, I never could imagine that it would be uh, 58 episodes in. I know uh, there's some stat out there that most podcasts don't last. Uh, I don't know. It's not very many episodes, but I'm very proud of this podcast. I've had a lot of 
wonderful guests. Uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to some of those. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I'm all over the place on this podcast, and that's what I like just because uh, it keeps things fresh. Um, If there's things you guys want me to talk about, reach out to me because I make this podcast for you guys. I started out making it for me, but now it's just something I do on Tuesdays, and I have a lot of fun doing it, and I hope you guys are enjoying it too. Uh, I appreciate all the good feedback, and I can't wait to see what happens in the future. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.